Hey there, welcome. This is Brian Del Turco, and you're listening to Jesus Smart the Podcast. This is episode 99.8, Matt. 99.8. What does that mean? Well, we're doing little uh, one-tenth increments until we get up to 100. We're going to do like a, a special clip show for celebrating 100 episodes. Uh, we'll have about 105 by then. Hey, we'd like to encourage you to go back and listen to 99.7. <laughs> People of the future live with gratitude. Uh, 99.6 is seeing things in extra natural light equals positive change. And then 99.5, don't be a sheep, Matt. Be a killer sheep. Don't just have a following mindset. You're a kingdom person. I mean, you're a sheep, but you're a killer sheep. Okay. Well, today we've been uh, talking about some theological themes here. And, and, and just, you know what? hang with us because Matt and I are solving some massive theological issues. <laughs> and I'm telling you, all bets are off if what we're talking about is true. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. All bets are off. But Matt, I'm, I'm just, um, what's really been resonating lately is this idea that we've so emphasized the need for conversion, you know, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah that we have this, N.T. Wright talks about this massive gap in understanding about what a Christian really is. That's right. So it's like we, you know, we encourage people to mentally agree to a set of doctrinal truths, to say a prayer, maybe to join a church, and then that secures your eternal estate. But uh, we're wondering if it's, if it's more than that. Um, what do you think, Matt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think... Um I think uh, a gospel of sin management is uh, um, runs really short of what God intended. Um, you know, I'm taking some classes right now. Yeah, counseling. Doing some, uh, yeah. uh, exploring different philosophies and um, theologies of counseling. Okay. And it just it strikes me that uh, all these different models, uh, the majority of them, or a good majority of them, um, don't want to deal with the past at all. And uh, they want to they want to meet uh, basic you know um, needs so that people can climb Maslow's uh, you know uh, hierarchy of, yeah. of uh, and ascend to become fully human and all of this fully self actualized uh, right fully human yeah um, but it's, it's fascinating uh, they want to do so without dealing with um, dealing with the past what do you mean like mistakes, mistakes or shame or regrets shame, sin. sin. They don't, um, they don't. They probably don't want to talk too much about sin. As they such, really do they? don't. They yeah. really don't. They, uh, if you have a violation of your values, um, they encourage you to uh, going forward to align your behavior with your values. But they really don't have anything for the past. Okay. Um, the gospel, though, and this is what's really cool about the gospel. Okay. Is that the gospel is holistic. It it deals with it deals with everything. Um, you know, uh, just. It deals with the fact that because we start off estranged from God, distant from God, um, because of our sin, um, the gospel says there's an answer for that. You know, uh, so the gospel can go back and it offers forgiveness. Absolutely, it offers redemption, That's right. which means to be purchased back. It can right. restore our past. And you're saying that That's the right. A lot of the secular counseling models don't don't provide for that. They don't have that yeah. focus. You, you're they basically just stuck with burying things, tossing them behind, suppressing. avoiding it, yeah. uh, suppressing it. Okay, so the gospel supremely, I mean, tremendously deals with that. But can we have, here's my question, Matt. Can we have a, an, a, a communication of the gospel that looks back and takes care of that? 
gets a person to believe some things, say the prayer, get forgiven, and then go to heaven someday and not fully equip them for now. Is yeah. that possible? Oh, yeah, totally. And the beautiful thing about it is if, if we allow the gospel to be holistic, um, then the, the source of the sense of gratitude and freedom and joy and empowerment a person experiences, once those sin and shame and mistakes are covered, Right, um, Paul says, "Why do I do the things I do? It's because of the the grace of God that was is within me. This this notion that um, I'm forgiven from the past. I'm forgiven for these things. Now I am free, free to, to become, move forward, to, to be become empowered. What God wants me to, to be to truly become self-actualized Absolutely. as a human being. By the way, Matt, I don't, I don't know that I adequately introduced you. Matt Rains, a pastor here, uh, New Beginnings Church, right? That's right. In Amherst and a great kingdom thinker, and uh, he's a friend of the show. So he's on. Uh, we're synergizing here on some themes here this Thanksgiving week. Have a mm-hmm. great Thanksgiving if you're listening to it, Thanksgiving week. What do you think about gratitude? What's a, what's a sidebar thought about gratitude? What's, oh, gratitude. Why is gratitude powerful? Oh, here, here, all right, here's the deal. Gratitude, all right? right? Um, uh, the, the sin behind sin uh, is idolatry. Um, you, you might have another way of describing that as um, uh, cosmic ingratitude, <laughs> right? Cosmic ingratitude is uh, assuming that this life uh, is up merely a, um, a matter of our strengths and our abilities. We're stardust. Um, we're evolving. We're stardust. Yeah, it's we all are God. up to us. Yeah. Um, and That's what it says in Romans 1. It says because <laughs> yeah. they did not acknowledge That's him right. or give thanks... It created this domino effect. That's right. That really That's went, right. went horrendous, like south. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so sin and idolatry is like cosmic ingratitude. Uh, gratitude is a recognition that everything we are, everything that has been given to us, uh, is a gift. Um, and here's here's you know tying it back to what we were saying just a moment ago. Here is here's the crazy part about it. So, you know a lot of times the gospel gets communicated in such a way is that the gift is simply you get to live without end. Um, in other words, your sins are forgiven. Uh, get you, to avoid You get hell. to start at the, the, the beginning, um, and so we're done, right? And it's like getting a brand new uh, pickup truck for a gift and keeping it in the garage, you know, because, you know, you're afraid to take it out and use, <laughs> use it for the way that trucks are supposed to you be You don't know used. what to do with it. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that there's a... There's a sense in which there's a lot of people today who um, the only thing they do with this beautiful gift of salvation is take it out of the package and put it in the garage. And yeah. they never take it out and they never actually go on the adventure and of, uh, of, of, of life. What is my calling? Yeah, absolutely. What is my vocation, if you will, That's in right. Christ? What do I do with that right now? Is it just attending church and then going to heaven someday? Wouldn't the adversary like to get us to think that way? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're like a fully empowered, let's say you're an NFL, National Football League running back, and you don't know it. You know? Yeah. You, 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 You have all kinds of power and ability and skills, but somehow you're not even in the stadium. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Jesus said the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm thinking about this these days, Matt. In what sense are we lost? I mean, to be lost means there was some place you were supposed to be. Right. Or you were supposed to be someone. Somehow you've lost your identity. You've lost your place. 
you've lost your estate. And, and that question in the garden keeps sort of resounding, I think, through time. That's right. Adam, where are you? That's right. You know, now, could it be that Jesus is coming to seek and save us from our lost estate, our place of dominion as a vice regent? Certainly. Not, not just we're lost from heaven, yep. but lost from our role, our function, our identity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think uh, you know, Adam, where are you? That's a great way of, of um, coining uh, the, the prophets um, and, their, and their judgment on Israel. Um, maybe it's a, a fast. Maybe it's something they're doing. Adam, where are you? There's, there's poor. There, mm. there are yeah. people without resources. Okay. You know, um, I, and even moving things uh, forward today. Adam, where are you? Uh, could be, you know, where is the Christian response to um, the stewardship of the earth? Where is the Christian's response to um, politics? Where is the Christian's response to uh, the arts? You know, um, uh, Adam, where are you? Is that 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 would be a great chapter in a book someday? You know, um, because there there is a sense that that once once that which was lost has been found but it's still lost on us <laughs> that we have a uh, we have a vocation good way uh, to put it we think we've been found but maybe not so much yeah <laughs> maybe it's still lost on us that right. we have a vocation a calling that we are to exercise dominion under his sovereignty and that'll play out that's right uniquely with each individual based upon their identity their gift set whom god designed them to be and, yeah. and the work that he wants them to do but this this phrase in the garden of eden tend the garden guard it tend it cultivate it that's sort of a prototype picture isn't it oh yeah totally of, of cultivating god's creation mm-hmm. drawing out its latent potential yeah i i think of a great model from the 1800s the african-american botanist george washington carver mm-hmm. god show me the secrets of the universe he said well so it said, the Lord told him, have you considered my peanut? And <laughs> he was super educated in botany, had master's level education, but he testified before Congress that it was the Holy Spirit that revealed these things to me. Wow. And he took apart the peanut, like found over a hundred uses for the peanut. Wow. Same thing with the sweet potato. Right. Revolutionized Southern agriculture. But that's a really clear picture of taking aspects, parts of facets of God's creation and, you know, <coughs> cultivating them, drawing out their latent potential. Oh, yeah. But but we can do that today, right, with medicine totally. or education or business or manufacturing or... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I think um, the world is uh, filled, right, with, uh, our, with latent potential, as you're, as you're uh, pointing out. And um, our job... Uh, from the very beginning, was to uh, was to to rule in this place, um, uh, to bring it to its full potential. Yeah. Um, whether that's cultures, whether that's uh, environments, you know, the plant. I, I really feel like God yeah. gave us this this great creation and said, "Let me see what you're going to make of it." You yeah. Know? Um, so He's the Creator. Yeah. But we are the cultivator. Oh yeah. Right. He is the he is sovereign, but we exercise dominion. I like that. And if yep. we're not doing that, we're not going to be happy. We're not going to. It's going to get kind of boring. Yep. Our religious life. It's going to get kind of boring, isn't it? it seems to yeah. me. Uh, is is it too much to say that when we come to Jesus, that the opportunity that's before us is that we can begin to roll back the effects of the fall now? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I think that's totally true. Does that start now, or does that start when the Lord comes again? Oh, it's starting now, right? <laughs> um, and, and I don't think anyone can really argue with that in the sense that um, even if even if you don't even look at other categories other than personal relationships, um, you know, God God expects us to restore the relationships in our lives and to to, to live selfless and um, um, self giving lives and. Uh, return good for evil, um, uh, to overcome uh, evil with goodness. I mean, you, you see, you hear this language. Sure, you, yeah. you hear this language. These are all traits um, of the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely, and and that you know that manifests itself um, uh, throughout uh, throughout in, in every endeavor. Um, I was thinking the other day. You know, the Bible encourages us to overlook yeah. an offense, mm-hmm. and it just struck me. You can overlook it. You can transcend it. You can get higher. Don't get caught up in that mess when there's an offense, a bait that comes to us. If we can actually, through God's grace, his empowerment, if we could overlook it and just get up higher and see further, you know, and really be able to do the stuff that matters. But what the enemy wants to do is suck us into the mire, get us down there wrangling Mm -hmm. and... Um, yeah, now, you know, it's, it's really clear in Scripture that, that greater is he that is in us than is in this world, mm-hmm. um, that the gates of hell will not prevail mm-hmm. against. Um, Satan's tactic, uh, I don't believe, is annihilate, because I don't think he can, and I think he knows that he can't. What he can do is um, sing us to sleep mm-hmm. and, and, and create ways of thinking that allows us to... Uh, keep us from fully actualizing what God wants us to. Uh, yeah. You know, a good example of this. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes he he encourages good things over great things. He allows good things to take place. Anyway, he can as much as he can to limit us, right? So long keep as us. great things are taking place, right? And one of the ways I think he does that, um, and this is just you know, I've been a part of this problem uh, myself is. Defining Christianity, um, um, helping people discover their giftedness, and then basically just say, uh, we want you to use all of that one hour a week at church. Uh, And sort of defining defining the maturity of discipleship uh, in the context of churchianity, I think is what we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Instead of in your world... Yeah. In your life, right? In your city, in your neighborhood. Yeah, it's you meant know? to be in the garden, and to extend that that dynamic of extending the garden. That's right. Uh, of taking new territory, and again, this this territory, this space will look different for different people, based upon our vocation. Now, is it true? You were saying, um, Matt, in a pre-conversation, that vocation flows from relationship. You know, vocation flows from relation. Meaning right. to Christ. That's right. Like the cool of the day deal where Jesus sure. is walking with us and mentoring, coaching, equipping, uh-huh. relating, yeah. deepening that relationship, that connection, that Christ connection. Vocation flows from that. So if that's degraded or ruptured in the fall, oh, that's right. our vocation goes through the floor, right? Absolutely. We, we lose that. It's connected to that, right? That's right. So as we come back to Christ to restore that relation, to restore that reception of coaching, mentoring, equipping, empowering, we can we can start getting on that continuum where we fulfill our our vocation. 
Here's a quote from N.T. Wright. Let me get your comments on this. He says, the dreams we have that refuse to die, and, and almost everybody dreams of these things, I think, dreams of freedom and of beauty, of order and love, dreams that we can make a real difference in the world. I mean, just think Hallmark Channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I have a personal struggle with Hallmark. In my, in my home, I live with a, uh, a lot of women. My daughters and my wife. Okay. Uh, silly joke. Okay. <laughs> now, make a real difference in the world. We, he, he goes on to say that these dreams come into our own when we put them within a framework of belief in a God who made the world That's right. and is going to sort it out once and for all and wants to involve human beings in the process. Isn't that good? Oh, yeah. It's from his book, After You Believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, the, the relationship between, uh, between the, um, the personal relationship and vocation is, is very significant. Uh, and I, and I, think it, I think it goes back to um, what you mentioned earlier, that God is creator and we are a cultivator. Um, when, when we move in, right, our, our, again, back to our original sin is thinking we can be creator, uh, that the power, the energy, the ethos, everything that we need um, to, to be self-sustaining, protect ourselves, uh, is all within us. Uh, and that arrogance, that, that um, egocentric view of, of life poisons relationships um, uh, and because it's it's because it is self-aware enough to know that it can't live up to the claim it makes, uh, it <laughs> it is threatening to others and is threatened by others, and it and the whole system just breaks down before it ever it ever really uh, accomplishes anything it it claims to accomplish. This is what I think takes place um, before the flood. Um, there's a reason God brings the flood. Uh, we get a chance to look and see what would humanity have done had they allowed to be to grow according to the way they were going, and the earth ends in mm-hmm. violence. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, it's so bad it needs a reboot. Yeah, and and so um, moving God back in position of God and us as curator when 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 we don't have the responsibility of of ultimate significance, ultimate meaning. Um, saving ourselves, dealing with our guilt, we are actually freed to create the sort of uh, kingdom, live out the sort of kingdom expression sure. uh, in a way that, that isn't egocentric, that allows, um, that, that makes uh, room for others and their expressions. That um, uh, hmm. someone, someone said, you know, you can get a lot done if, if no one really cares who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess a Christian version of that would be, we could really get a lot done if we knew God got the credit, yeah. And uh, and and everything would change. And if we could just really under try to understand what it means to be a vice regent, how empowering that is. Yep. We don't need to be God. We can't be God. We are not God. Yep. But we are meant to be a vice regent where He fully authorizes us and empowers us and gives us that you know, capacity. Richly surprised us with all things to enjoy. I mean, it, it's right. just an amazing offer that Jesus puts on the table. That's right. Um, now, somebody is saying that you know, if we see a human need not being met, mm-hmm. meet it. You know, if if we see a talent or resource that can meet that need, that's right. Connect it. You know, invest our own resources at our own risk and cost, so that's that right. the need is met, and the result is things like new jobs, new products, better quality of life. So, 
I mean, I heard somebody say, look around your house. If something needs fixed, fix it. It starts there. Yeah. Like this afternoon, I have to go home and unplug the bathroom sink again, <laughs> again. And, you know, but that is dominion. If I let sure. that go on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, if I let that... The enemy arrives. <laughs> it, it does. It grows. You're no kidding. The enemy shows up. I mean, but, you know, if I can't exercise dominion in my home, right. or like, what about with our body? Yep. You know, if I'm Absolutely. eating horribly or not exercising or, you know, it, it starts there, doesn't it? Yep. It's, it starts in our relationships and then spills out into the world at large. But, That's right. Yeah, you know, I, I, I heard Jordan Peterson say... Uh, Find something and fix it. Just look around. Oh, yeah. Don't tolerate it. Yep. Don't let it go on unaddressed. You That's know? right. Improve it, fix it, elevate it. And then that just puts us, helps to put us in a mode of playing bigger. Yeah. On the big stuff. Absolutely. You know, challenging myself here. My gosh. Look, I'm looking into a computer screen that has reflective ability. So it's a mirror of sorts. I'm, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. You um, me both, brother. Yeah. Abraham Kuyper. He was a prime minister of the Netherlands back in the early 1900s. You probably have heard his famous quote, haven't you? There is not one square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Hmm. I haven't heard that, but it's true. <laughs> okay. He's That's a, great. He was a theologian. He was a prime minister of the Netherlands. He wow. was a journalist, too. But, yeah, not one square inch over the whole domain over which Jesus. And, and you know, I was, I, was, I was looking at the scripture in Exodus 19.4, which is repeated by Peter in 1 Peter 2. But here, here's what God says in Exodus 19.4-6. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. Oh, yeah. For all the earth is mine. He slips that in there. Oh, yeah. There's not one square inch. Abraham Kuyper would say, all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak. That's right. To the sons of Israel. That's right. Peter picks that up in First Peter 2. Love it. That same language. Yep. Says that's us yep. in Christ, the church. Right, uh, but the earth is the Lord. So I, I, boy, we we got to engage it, man. We got to engage this process now. Oh yeah, we're, we're missing out. You're, you're, um, you know, you mentioned boredom earlier. Um, you know, when when you're not living according to design, um, boredom, friction, um, anxiety. Uh, all, all sorts of dysfunctions take place when you're not living according to design. Sure. And, um, and so I think sometimes people feel a sort of angst once they become a Christian because they feel like there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than just showing up to church on Sunday. And um, they're right. <laughs> there is so much more to that. And um, I think once they tap into... This notion that God is is made all of life sacred. There's there's no this there's no separation between the secular and the sacred. But all of life is sacred. Um, then what they do at work, what they do uh, at play, what they do uh, in terms of of hobbies and creativity. Sure, all of it. Yeah, becomes significant. To bring the lordship of Christ Absolutely. into it. Now, what is just you know as we sort of come in for a descent here mm -hmm. over the airport? I mean. 
the Lord, what is the good news? I mean, euangelion, um, the Greek word, it seems to have a background of a royal pronouncement, That's a right. royal edict of the new emperor has assumed the throne. The good news has some kind of meaning to it of the gospel oh, yeah. that, that um, Christ is back. He's Lord. That's God right. is back as king. We are back as vice regents, it seems to me. That's right. That process is meant to begin again now, right? Absolutely. I mean, Romans 5.17, for if by the transgression of the one, that's Adam, death reigned through the one, and boy, did it. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. I mean, this is our commissioning, our our roll, beginning to roll back the effects of the fall now in a partial way, you know, sampling the powers of the age to come. Absolutely. New heavens and new earth. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's go time, right? Okay, it's, good. It's go and um, go make disciples and mm. disciples go cultivate uh, kingdom mm. culture. I like that. It's go time. And, and um, uh, absolutely. So, and, and, and you know, it happened. And this is what this is what I think we often uh, often gets overlooked too is we've so reduced Christianity uh, to this moment on a weekend uh, that we've missed the fact that we're living in the Western culture, which is really the recipient of the fact that others before us have answered the call. Yeah. And we're sort of gone. living on the fruits of past people, right? That's right. And it's kind of running out. That's right. Um, So I feel like, uh, you know, just the very fact that um, we see value in someone who's given up their life for the sake of another uh, is is testimony that the world has been and and Hmm. has been altered. There's a lot of cultures, even the first century would have saw that as weakness and foolishness. Now we look at the one self-sacrificial action and say... That is worthy of honor and dignity, and uh, and and a beautiful thing. It, it, it empowers us. He restores us. He forgives. You know, it, like you were saying at the on, at, at the outset of the conversation, a lot of the models of counseling today and, and therapy are, are um, they don't know what to do with the past in terms of sin or regret or shame or and they'll just try to move forward. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have a, a gospel that only deals with that in terms of forgiveness that's right and regeneration but and then in this parenthetical period between now and then we live a depowered life you know it's meant to include that that we are restored to vice regents right restored to begin to roll back the the effects of the fall we don't want to be lost and we don't want it to be lost on us that we have a mission you know at first we're lost then we say the prayer, but then with many, it's lost on us mm-hmm. what our vocation is, right? Yeah. And what our, what, our, what our mission is. And wow. Well, thanks a lot, Matt. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. We're having a bit of a shorter episode this week. This is Thanksgiving week. It's an American holiday. What do you think of this, Matt? Um, someone has said that we have this trifecta of holidays, at least in America, of Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and that it's a proper sequence in that we're meant to begin with gratitude and then celebrate the incarnation of Christ, the emergence of heaven and earth, 
and then reboot into a new season, the new year. What do you think? I'm digging it. That's all. Sounds good to me. And then just when that happens, a few more months later, and we're reminded why it all counts, because there's a resurrection. Yeah, right? the, the whole calendar year. I love it. Well, to learn more about the podcast, go to JesusSmart.com. You can see the show notes page for this episode for links and additional resources. We'll have some stuff there with N.T. Wright. We appreciate it when you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's now on iHeartRadio and Spotify. You can search for that on your app. Hey, Jesus is brilliant, and um, he knows how life works best. Right, Matt? Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.